When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Direct auto insurance is for uncompromisers. The people who refuse to make trade-offs in life. Like when Jeff's old car insurance got so expensive that he couldn't afford to drive anymore. You think he started begging for rides? No, but he did find Direct Auto's low down payment that allowed him to drive instead of compromise. With a super low down payment, you too can stop compromising and keep driving. Get a quote today at directauto.com. Rates and pay plans vary. Low down payment is not savings. Terms apply. How you buy can affect price. National General Group wins and savings. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Winners and Losers from the LFC Day Trippers. That is probably um <laughs> it's the intro that's it's it's lasted into its second week. So um you'll have to let us know whether you like it or, or don't like it. Um with me, of course, is Chris is Davo, and we're waiting on Phil, who will be here in a couple of minutes. You know how winners and losers work. Um we come along with a winner each for the weekend, a loser each for the weekend, and Phil usually throws in some mad thing at some stage to talk about. And the one he has gone for this week is mad, um, because he had to tell me about it beforehand. Um if you're watching, you're very, very welcome. Hit the like button if you're in here. Subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure to share it across your social media. And, of course, put your comments in there, and we read out as many as we can throughout the show. Um, so, as it works, um, we've all brought a winner each. We've all brought a loser each. So, we'll start with Davo. And we're going to start with your loser this week, Davo. Oh, we go with the loser. Yeah. Um, right, me losers this week. Uh, I was just flicking around last night, taking on all the content, obviously, uh, on Twitter and that social media after the win, buzzing. And I just came across, uh, actually, friend of the tripper, Daniel Starry, Gaff, who have been on with before, hasn't yeah. he? Uh, good few times with you. And he was tweeting about, he didn't say, he actually said it was hundreds of Chelsea fans singing abusive songs. As the, as the crowd was leaving, he was more saying, I didn't realise fans were allowed to mingle like this when they were leaving, but maybe it's a case that nothing could be done down Wembley Way or whatever it was, singing disrespectful songs about Hillsborough and really getting in the faces of Liverpool fans. And I repeat, like you said, it was hundreds. It wasn't just 10 lads, he says, it was hundreds. 
97 wasn't enough, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, I don't want to say what other ones he, he was saying like that. So, listen, they have, we've seen before, the, the, they have a reputation. Obviously, the uh, the underground of Paris not letting that gentleman on the train. Um, amongst other things, I've anecdotally, I've got a mate who's a sports fan who was at Wembley before around, I think it was an FA Cup semi-final, it was around Hillsborough time, and they build the minute silence. So they do a previous, so I think really, I don't know, it's not all, I know a couple of Chelsea fans, I know, a couple of season ticket holders, good lads. My old man followed them when he was younger. Loosely, Peter Osgood, Peter Bernetti, thank God he wasn't usually into them, I'd be following them myself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I think they've really let themselves down. Really, really, really let themselves down. But as I said, look, they've got previous, that element of their fans is, is there and it's, uh, it's certainly been front and centre. Uh, on the numerous occasions for them, it's not um, just taking this on its on its own merits. This incident, um, Daniel Story does um, in a number of tweets reference what went on after the game yesterday, um, and then a follow. It was followed up by some Liverpool fans that um, you know would be quite prominent on Twitter mm. and quite prominent in, I suppose, fan media. Um, mentioned that I'm not going to say their names because you can probably get hounded, but. They followed up with, yeah, like, you know, people leaning out of um, train carriages to shout at Liverpool fans. And I think Daniel Story re- referenced one in particular where there was a man with his young son having yeah, stuff yeah. absolutely thrown in his face, you know, um, stuff thrown in his face with regards to um, Hillsborough and other other things, you know. Ah! Yeah, yeah, no, just stay quiet for a minute. Um, okay, sorry. So, so, you know, the Chelsea fans... From from what I could make out yesterday, like Daniel Story is saying that there was, a, you know, a good lot of them shouting certain things at Liverpool fans with regards to certain incidents that we we're not going to give them the, we're not going to air them because why should we? But just the whole way they come off yesterday was a bit mad. Like I've seen I've seen some stuff where you know they're accusing Liverpool of cheating yesterday. Um, they're accusing Liverpool of doing this, doing that, doing that, doing the anthem, and it's it's quite clear that when the anthem starts there yesterday Liverpool starts singing you never walk alone and Chelsea fans are booing you'll never walk alone while the anthem's going on it was all a bit mad but like we're still in that day and age that regardless of what Liverpool fans have done um, you know or proved with regards to certain incidents you're still going to get this and it's just never going to end you know it, no matter how much evidence they're shown or um decisions that are made in an official capacity it's just never going to end Chris like you can't ignore it because if it's happening with a load of people especially with a man with a young young boy that's walking out of Wembley yesterday it, you know it's it's not nice but there's no way of stopping it Chris is there there's just no way like sorry Chris no, just no. before I be, sorry Chris just before I interrupt there Gav I am I have to say I am just literally stunned at your top there it looks like the aha video. Right? I'm just, I know, but it, it looks like it looks like a half cartoon, half human, and you're you're sometimes banging yourself off the wall to become human sometimes again. This is, this is phenomenal. It's it's a really nice top. It's really uh, comfortable. Not the one you wear when you're cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear this one. I just I, honestly, I, Martin Hackett's gonna come out with the screen now, and I'm gonna be really impressed when this happens. Well, if he does, I, I mean, Chris, I just want to say your your setup's lovely, Chris. Show and I can fuck no, off. thanks very much. Look, look at Chris's setup. There's not a hint of a bloke sticking 
a jersey on a sweeping brush or hanger anywhere in the background. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fucking well impressed with that. And then Davo, I'm looking at yours and man, that's a mess. You look like a geometric maze. I don't know what's going on. Mine looks like I'm in the middle of, of, of ah, that's uh, just, that's a Ukrainian a basement or I'm, I'm sticking the ground maybe. outside in Putin's gap or something like that. It's just hiding. You know what I mean? Someone said I look a mess. Yeah, and I was someone that says I look a mess tonight. Uh, yeah. I've been up since five and I, I actually had um, an interesting start today because it is Monday as we all know um, and I was going down in the dark to get the bottle for the baby so he didn't wake up. We were trying to keep him asleep and this was about quarter to six this morning and uh, I thought the last stair was actually four stairs up and then I used my head to stop uh, getting down the stairs so it was an interesting start to Monday I basically used my face as a breaking mechanism and I definitely wouldn't recommend using your face as a breaking mechanism uh, it's not a good way to start the Monday so with that anyway back to the football and uh, whatever we're talking I about I think Chris was, was going to answer a question about 8 minutes ago <laughs> until you interrupted <laughs> and funny enough when you interrupted you said Chris before you interrupt he wasn't interrupting he was asked a question just uh, to bang in the head record. bang Chris, in the head makes a shit Makes a change. It is normally me interrupting, to be fair. Chris. Back in a minute. There's not, he's gone now. Um, there's there's nothing that can be done. Like I'm not saying there's nothing that can be done about it, you know, uh, bar educating people. But even educating people just doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's just, it's never going to end this. No, it's 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 that cultural thing now of one-upmanship. And I know I could say this and I can say what I want because I know it will outrage you. It's how do I get on the Liverpool fan skin? There are certain things I'll say. I look, there are Liverpool fans who will sing certain and say certain things to other, other clubs to do the same thing. We saw it with the United Leeds thing uh, last weekend. You know, certain United fans waving Turkish flags. You know, it's, you can try and educate, but I don't think these people are educating. The only thing you could do is if the clubs or the FA really want to stop stuff like that, is you've got to get them out of the game. And the only way to get them out of the game is identify them and stop them going. And in this day and age, Christ, everything's CCTV, everything's monitored. You can find them if you want to. Like we saw it with the England, we saw it with England nonsense in the world, in the world, uh, the Euros. You, you're not telling me you, you don't know who those England fans were who were causing all the trouble outside of Wembley and were singing obscenities and things like that. You, you know who they are. Most of them are probably the Wembley season ticket holders. You can find them. But they just like to do the outrage stuff in the press. Oh, it's very terrible. But then they then they go, well, People talk about it in a week's time. They're not interested. I I just think it's uh, like Davos picked Davos picked this uh, as as the Chelsea fans, and you know I have to put, I have to say I seen other footage yesterday after the game with Chelsea fans talking about the game, no problem. And you know Daniel Story was quite shocked at how he could mingle after this game, but there would have been loads of that yesterday, and you didn't hear of any trouble or anything like that. But it just seems to be that. If the result doesn't go the right way, all of a sudden it's like, oh, um, we're going to have an issue with this and this is what we're going to do. This is the only outlet we have is to shout this stuff. I like a man with his child. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do it, why don't you walk right into the middle of Liverpool fans and shout it? If there's a hundred of you, walk right into the middle of Liverpool fans and do it. They don't. You know, it happened it happened a while back, I think, with Shrewsbury fans before the FA Cup game, um, mm. shouting stuff while in Liverpool. They were literally on a back street in Liverpool doing it. But they're not walking into, they're not walking up into the Arkles or the Park or the Twelve Man or or whatever and doing this. They just aren't, you know what I mean? It just, seems, it just seems we to be saw a Leicester as well. Huh? We saw the Leicester, we saw the Leicester fans in yeah, the yeah, finals, yeah. I, I, and you, and to be honest, you could tell um, Jota did an interview about it. Mm. 
and he says he could hear it all at half time. He said, and that's why he went berserk when he scored the winner. Patrick scored the winner, and he told Leicester fans where to go, which a lot of them didn't take very kindly to. Uh, but you know, nothing. But then the um, how can I put it? The uh, barometers of morality in the in the media. We all know who they are um, in the press. Don't really bring that sort of stuff up. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to open that kind of worms because then they've got to really stick to it, and they don't yeah. want to do it. Yeah, Phil. Anything from you on this? Um, the the whole Chelsea fans in their hundreds, according to Daniel's story, saying that um, shouting different things at Liverpool fans after the game, and in particular, he noticed a man with a. I, I presume the, the boy must have been ten or eleven, somewhere around that age, and they're having trust down, like literally being right in their face. Hundreds of uh, Chelsea fans doing this. There's just no stopping the Phil. Do you believe that, or do you, do you think there's anything that can be done? I've I've said this before on uh, the previous pod in its previous incarnation. Um, I don't care, right? Football's all about tribalism. It's all about pissing at each other off. Um, I know people don't like it. I know it's not seen as the sports sportsman like behavior. I know it's not um, fair, or and it's I can't. Sometimes it isn't nice, but. It's designed to ride you up. It's what it's what they used to do going into battle hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. It, it reaches out to a base part of our system. It's why football attracts men and young men and people full of testosterone because it takes us back into a time in our existence when it was much more tribalistic and antagonistic. And the more that they can throw stick at us, the more we get annoyed, right? The Liverpool fans recently have been sort of sitting, saying, you know, there should be some rules and stuff around it. But sadly, when it comes to supporting and tribalism, there are no rules around it. There's very few things that are off the table in terms of what you can do. And whether we can like it or we can lump it, we can point out the rights and wrongs that are involved in it. But we've had moments when we've had chance that people wouldn't be proud of nowadays. Um, and it's just the way it is. It's, you know, we can give out about it. I hear every single time these things happen. You know, it's the same. That's terrible and they're terrible. And yeah, look, I think it's idiot. It's 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 the idiocy of screaming at a man and a 10-year-old boy. Like I, I was there in, in in the Italian stadium in 1990, Gav, when, when the English fans were at the height of hooliganism infamy across Europe and were basically weren't allowed to drink before the games, right? Um and I saw it. They didn't care who they were chanting at, but it just sort of. And look, I'm, I'm not telling telling secrets. I've, I've, I, one of the things I did when I was in university years ago was write a thesis on hooliganism and tribalism in football. And this is this is something that I studied. So it's not like I'm completely alien to to what's going on or, or don't have an idea around it. It's just I don't know. I've probably come to accept it a long time ago that this is part of what makes football so attractive to us. It's something that drives us. It's something that brings people into it because even though we have the negative connotations, then you have all the positive ones. Think of all the great songs we've come up with as a fan base. Think of all the things that that really make the match go and experience the thing to live for. Think of like the the Jota song recently. Think of the, the, the fan parks in Madrid. You do have this negative element but there is all this positivity and it's very hard to separate one from the other. And I don't know. I actually don't know if I want to see it separated. There's something, there is something about being made 
you know, to want to scream and shout back even louder than the opposition fans because they piss me off. That that sort of does attract me to football. And that, that's just my own opinion. It's not. It's it's nothing. Like I, I don't. People are allowed to have different opinions. That's just mine in terms of what does attract me to football and why I like it. Yeah, James says there is a line you don't cross, though, Phil. And there is a line you don't cross, but it gets crossed. I think you know the way I look at this. Look, there's no doubt that what's shouted at times is wrong, right? And that's not only from Chelsea fans. Yes, there's loads of stuff goes on that's wrong. But it does get crossed anyway. Now, there's less of it in the grounds, I think, nowadays, because like you said, like Chris said, every seat in that ground can be seen by CCTV. Every single seat in the ground can be identified. You can identify who's in it, um, who's on the ticket and stuff like that. Now, with tickets, they get passed around, but still you can identify somebody, right? But I'm wondering, is the, is the way to go about this? Is it, You can give out and give out and give out about it. And... You, you are quite right to, you know. But what Daniel Story suggested was Liverpool fans just didn't react just yeah. about their business. And yeah. sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes that's the best thing to do. And literally, you t- you, you, you basically say to someone, like, um, you know, or you don't even say anything. You just, you just walk around. And what happens is they actually get bored because there's no impact on what they're doing. You know what I mean? There's no there's no immediate impact on anyone as to what they're doing. Now, that man could go around the corner and his son could be upset, but mm-hmm. you haven't shown the person sh- shouting that, that that that's happened. And there there is times where, you know, if if a team comes to Anfield and shouts certain things, they don't really get away with it nowadays. But even if they did, they'd be drowned out by Liverpool songs or whatever it might be. But sometimes when you see that happening, outside the grounds the thing to do is just to keep walking and just go mm-hmm. and and some people would say to you well, you're not standing up for a thing you are you're actually you, you, it's a, just a different way of standing up because if you don't give them the satisfaction of seeing you roiled the next time they go to shout they go oh, i don't even know if i shout that these don't not that these these aren't just i'm not getting the reaction i'm looking for you know that sort it of also way. Make, and that's all, it and also that's, it also makes them look stupid in front of the mates yeah you know, yeah. a fella shouts something and, and when the tumbleweed goes across because, you know, the five Liverpool fans are shouting, it just walks walks off. I'm not saying laugh at it because if you say, if you shout something about certain incidents and a Liverpool fan wants to laugh at it, that could be perceived as, oh, they don't find it. Do they find it funny as well, even though I'm shouting it? But there, I think there is times where you just, mm. you walk away, you say nothing. And you know what? The person that shouted at this time, the chances are, will they, will they do it the next time? It might make them think. It absolutely might make them think. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm glad, I'm glad Davo brought that up, though. Um, Phil, yeah, to you next. I want your winner first this week. I can't remember what I said. What was it that I said? Um, the League Cup. The League Cup. The League Cup. Yeah. Yeah. My winner. My winner was the one that you want to be talking about. It was the woman in, in no, Brazil playing no. futsal. No, don't. We can't talk about her because we're not. Go on. Tell us <laughs> your boy. Your winner is the League Cup. She did that. That was a trick, like Ronaldinho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know. What? Why is the League Cup your winner? <laughs> the League Cup for me is, has always been the winner. I hate domestic cup competitions. I'm well on, on record of saying this. I'm not changing my tune here, but I'm also on never record. mentioned it. <clears throat> and Davos, Davo will, will back me up on this as well. I'm also on on record of saying that the League Cup is by far a superior competition to that shy park read that that's the FA Cup, right? I hope we never win another FA Cup again. I want them to take the FA Cup down off the wall of champions that we have you know, wherever it is. It's well that's not going to happen. Something. That's just ridiculous. I know but, and but we still, have a, we have an FA Cup to win this year so we can do a quadruple. No we don't. We're gonna we're trying to but it can't be arsed with it now. It's just that's enough. The but the League Cup, right? Yesterday's League Cup was arguably one of the best games I've watched in in a long, long time. Like for a cup final 
it was mad. It was end to end. It was open. It was everything happens in it. And then it finishes with a goalkeeper scoring the winning penalty and a goalkeeper missing, not just missing, but yap stamming the ball five billion yards over the bar. Like there's a, there's a shot from behind the goal. And actually, when you see where the ball lands, how far back it lands in Wembley, it's 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 off the charts. For me, goal kick. For me, the, the League Cup, as we've discussed this before, Shane, but the, to me, the, the the League Cup became an undisputed winner yesterday. In It's played in midweek. It doesn't impact your league campaign. It goes straight to penalties and loads of rounds. You get loads of penalty shootouts. Um, and yesterday, we got 120 minutes of absolute madness. We had offside goals, onside goals, hitting the bars, fellas getting injured before games. Lads turning up who didn't even know still played for us. You have Milner giving winks to lads before penalty shootouts. You have that. You have Tuchel galaxy brain and the thing before the for the before the penalty shootout. Then you have an eleven ten pen an eleven ten penalty shootout. We haven't seen that level of shy goalkeeper since Simon Mignolet was in goal for us against Middlesbrough in a league cup match. It's it's without doubt Eight, it is 18, 18, 17, that wasn't it? 18, 17 against Middlesbrough where the goalkeepers almost got to take two penalties, right? So the League Cup to me basically cemented its position as the biggest winner in February and March, I'd say. I don't think we're going to top the League Cup, to be totally honest with you, in March. So The League Cup. Um, I have to be honest with you, it's a nil-all draw yesterday, or nil-nil draw for some people. No, it was five-all. Right, but I can't remember a better League Cup final in a long time. And I, I put FA Cup. It was a brilliant game of football. Um, yep. th- there's there's loads of disallowed goals. There's you know there's loads of attacking. There's there's off the post. There's all sorts of stuff going on. And um, I don't know if you end up seeing that in an FA Cup. I think there's a bit of a freedom to a, a, a League Cup final that you don't see in an FA Cup final or a European Cup final um, because it's like. It's just like, oh, it's February and we'll have a go at this. And we got here and we've used a big squad. Am I going to throw a really hard, a big, you know, a strong team out today? And it seems like there's a freedom to it. Like, if we play that game again on Sunday at Anfield or at Stamford Bridge, there's no way there's amount, that amount of chances. There's no way there's that amount of disallowed goals or end-to-end stuff. There was, there was, there was 32 shots on goal. In in the 120 minutes, like you know, what I mean, from between both teams, um, I think the the league cup, like, right, if it was a four all draw and it went to penalties, you go, well, you know what I mean, everyone's dying for the league cup to come back again. But Davo, even at a nil all yesterday, it just came across as a brilliant, brilliant uh, league cup, oh, and, oy, oy, and people, have, he, and it, it just it went up in everyone's estimation. I yeah, I I think I think that people who are next happiest at the Liverpool are the EFL. Yesterday, mm-hmm. like they've they've had they've had four years of City winning the final, I wasn't it? City won the last yeah. four, am I right? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you who they beat in one of them finals, to be honest with you. And then you'd obviously the us. the gobsh- yeah, yeah, they beat yeah, they beat us in one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hologram the gold, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, then you'd obviously well, fucking, you'd obviously the messing that the EFL with us mm-hmm. and the Villa game um, when we were at the World Club Cup. And they couldn't do something to try and get one of the biggest clubs in the world, try and give them a make make the second leg, the first leg, and try and kick on the game a week so they could get it's their remember the DFL, it's their premier competition, the the League Cup. 
and they, they fucked up. They couldn't do it, and they forced our hand, meaning that we sent out the under fucking 18th to play against Villa and make a mockery of, of that competition. So I think I agree with you. Everything you said in the final, both you said, crazy game, brilliant game, really, really good game, high-quality game with two very, very good sides. And fair enough, it was nil all, but like Phil said, it was five all, really, because there was offside goals, there was everything you were off the chair, you were down, um, disallowed VAR, everything. And 11 10 penalty shootout. I just think it was a real like shot in the air. Like as Phil mentioned, I, I totally agree. And I, I don't like the FA Cup, that's just a personal thing. I, I, I don't really like it. Um, I want us to win it this year, absolutely. But it's it's not, it's a fucking first weekend in January. Matches over seven channels starting on a Thursday, ending on a Monday. Don't know when they're playing. Pitches are shy, <laughs> ruined your fucking league season. I'm all about the League Cup. The final done in February, midweek. Penalties, now messing, love it, brilliant cop. I think I actually think the, FA Cup are, the FA Cup is coming around to that as well, though. You know, yeah. five subs, exactly, uh, straight yeah. depends and stuff like that. Yeah, and, midweek. You know, go I, midweek, go midweek, Tuesday and Wednesday night in between the Champions League weeks. Play the FA Cup then, and oh, we're playing this the, Wednesday for the FA Cup. We're yeah. playing this Wednesday in the FA Cup. Yeah. Yeah, that's only because we played against fucking useless yeah. competition. I hate it, <laughs> Chris. Um, you know, I think I like the League Cup. Um, and I don't like I like it to the point where I enjoy watching the early rounds when we put out like we use squad players academy players players that like didn't go out on loan by the end of the transfer windows that sort of thing and as it goes on you start going oh, he might play this time or we might drop him in and then if you get where we got to yesterday you've a really really um, you've a really strong you know team going into it and Jordan Henderson says yesterday after the game like yeah we, there was whatever, 18 players named in the squad yesterday or 19 players, wherever it might be. But he was at pains to mention, you know, all the players. I think we, I think it was is it 23 or something we used um, mm. throughout the five the five rounds. And he was at pains to, to go on about this because he was like, look, all them players that played at Norwich, played at Preston, um, they they got us here as well. So, but it's, ju- it's just entertaining the League Cup. If you, if you take it in the right context, it's really entertaining. Yeah, it's more fun. Uh, you tend to find it's a bit more of a different crowd for the earlier rounds as well. Cause that's generally how I've got my tickets for Liverpool games. Is normally someone gives a ticket, wants to give a ticket away. It's like, oh, I can't be asked watching Liverpool reserves against Arsenal, or I can't be asked watching Liverpool reserves against Leicester. So you tend to get most people's first games or youngsters getting a game. So it makes the crowd a bit more excitable. So which, which adds to the game. We've been a night game. I mean, my daughter's first game was the, the League Cup three years ago the 5-5 of Arsenal yeah. and literally surrounded by loads of uh, loads of dads with the kids mm. and most of the kids had never been to a game before and it's like oh my mate C.C. Robert said he, he couldn't be Arsenal watching Liverpool reserves against Arsenal reserves it was one of the, it was one of the best games I've seen and that's fair that was the arrival of Cueven Kelleher as well because he, he was brilliant he had a brilliant uh, well he's crapping the game but he's going the penalty shootout mm. you know and at the other end you had uh, Martinez who now is the keeper Arsenal should have kept uh, by some distance, but you know that's how you get. That's how you find out about good young players. So I enjoy. I enjoy it. The League Cup's always good fun. Um, I mean, I I still have fond memories of the League Cup in two thousand and one because I always felt that that season's when Liverpool started to get a bit more serious again. Yeah, I just I just think, um, especially this season for Liverpool, when you see what they done against Norwich, Preston, and then you see the up it a little bit against Leicester, they do the same against Arsenal, and then all of a sudden, um, you know. 
Uh, oh yeah, I see this. Uh, I've missed Phil. Brings a level of professionalism the others can't match. He's clearly no, fucking doing his whole gaff around while he does this show. Like, doesn't appreciate any of the shit I have to do all week. He just spends an hour on a Monday acting the bollocks with a lamp. Um, so we just have to deal with it. Um, but with regards to um, with regards to the the League Cup, I just think the way it's gone on, the way we brought in players and added to it and added to it, and eventually got to where we were. I just I think it was absolutely brilliant. Um, Chris, go on, give us your winner then. Uh, Luis Diaz. Um, I've just loved him since he's arrived. Um, don't claim to watch loads of Portuguese football. You know, uh, I haven't got the time. I wish I did. Um, but I just like the fact we've got someone who's just got that bit of an X factor, bit of freedom. Probably what Manny gave us when he first came from Southampton. You know, I mean, the guy every time he got the ball, he was doing no look passes, he was flicking balls over fullbacks heads but there was an end product to it and I like his versatility but the big thing I've liked about him in the first two three games is he's he's took some wax proper wax and he sort of bounced up and got at them again which is the element of which is always the thing I used to like about Suarez on the pitch was the amount of times he got kicked he'd get up and go again and go again and that Paul Achalaba who I actually think is going to be a really good defender was having nightmares with him mm. uh, I think he was helped that I think Chelsea's plan was well, triple team Salas, who doesn't get the ball, which worked. He didn't get the ball, but then they kept leaving Diaz one on one, and it was absolutely killing them. I, mean, I mean, pretty much that's the reason Aspilicueta went off. I think he just pinged his hamstring trying to chase back. So I just think he's been a bit of fresh air, and now it is giving us what we need, which is when Manny and or Firmino or Jota are off form, you throw Diaz in and you go, it doesn't matter. No one, no one bats an eyelid that Diaz starts the final. So the fact he's only been he's been here like four weeks. Whereas in the past, when we've started some new signs, you've gone like, mm, I'm not sure he's ready. I'm not sure he's quite the level. This guy, now you look at him going, I have no problem whenever he starts any game. And it can only be good for Liverpool, for like Firmino or for Manny, is if they're off form, just sit him out for three weeks. It's not the end of the world because you still put quality there. And then you can bring him back in later. So I've got with Diaz. Okay. Davo, he looks a player, doesn't he? Like he, he comes in and he plays a league game, a league cup game, an FA cup game, um, a Champions League game, and he just looks like the bigger the game, the better. The more that's expected of him, the better. Because I thought, look, I gave Creevy and Kelleher the man of the match yesterday simply because he makes some good saves, he scores a penalty, and then he's in goal for when Kepa misses. But if we're all honest, Lewis Diaz was the best player in the pitch yesterday. Yeah, listen, I, I, I thought he was. <coughs> He was, I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch. So no problem with Van Dijk getting that man the match because he was on for the 120. I actually thought, quietly, I thought Fabinho was fucking excellent yesterday as well. Um, but yeah, listen, he just, he, re- he reminds me of Suarez with better technique, to be honest with you. He's better, he's a better touch. He's a, he's, he's better ball control. Um, he looks a player and, to be honest with you, it was, it, I don't know if you've heard it in the commentary yesterday, Gary Neville mentioned it was the first time he'd seen him live. And you could just tell in his voice that he was losing half a soul that we've got another. You know, by him, he was just thinking to himself, oh, for fuck's sake, he's got to sign another. He said, he mentioned, you can only see so much on the screen, but he says, I'm telling you, his movement is fucking frightening. Um, so, look, I, I, thought, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was brilliant. I think probably annoying, so he, he might have taken him off and left Mane on because... He got a knockdown and then he had to come off. Man, it was because when the when he went off, our subs kind of weakened us. Um, but yeah, look, he looks a player. He, he looks a player. And Carragher mentioned it post game. Then he kind of said, "Listen, it's a good job. Sports kind of didn't make a move from because 
a force Liverpool's hand. And then he said, if he wasn't here, what kind of lineup would, would we have had yesterday? Because Firmino is out. Jota was nowhere near fit. Nowhere near fit. No. Jota, I thought, when he came on, way off it. And we'd have been left probably with Divock maybe having to play. And there's obviously, obviously there's an element of a drop-off there when that comes in. So, now listen, it's, it's great to have him. And it looks like we've got another one and it's fucking happy days. Phil, um, Davo mentions there, you know, Liverpool were clearly or were meant clearly had their eye on him because when Spurs make a move of, of any sort, Liverpool go, no, this isn't happening. They go straight in. They match Spurs' bid or whatever it is or they go in with their own bid and they get it done. And we've seen in the past players come in and, you know, they're, they're eased, into a, eased into a side. And, you know, you think of Andy Robertson, even Fabinho to a certain point when you look at some of the big players in this in this side. But he's come in and, and okay, Fabinho having an injury might have changed things and Jota having a, a niggle changes things. But Klopp has spoken about feel where he's kind of went, I've never seen someone so happy in training, never bubbly, laughing, all action. He looks to me a player, I feel that Klopp just can't, you know, bed in. He just has to put him in there and play him um, because he just seems to have that much quality. He's ridiculous. IP Vanish is a VPN service that um, have very kindly given an offer to us for our listeners and viewers. Um, they have a big uh, sale on at the moment, 70% off. Um, but if you go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers, you will get um, another little bonus on top of that. So basically with IP Vanish, um, they just want to let you know that going incognito um when you're browsing, doesn't actually protect your privacy. Without added security, you may as well have your private data be handing it up to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. IP Vanish um, make it easy to stay private and secure on the internet. Okay, they 100% encrypt your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communication, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes it uh, virtually invisible online. It's that simple. Um, you can use it on unlimited devices, tablets, computers, phones, even on your fire stick if you're streaming some media. So don't forget that as well. Um, at home, in public, um, you can go online and use IP Vanish and you can be absolutely protected. Um, offering a, they're offering a 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. It's basically nine months free. Um, if you work it out, um, if you go on to the IP Vanish site at ipvanish.com, you will see a rate for the year with a discount. If you do ipvanish.com forward slash day trippers, you will see an, another, um, little bonus on top of that. Very easy to use. It's one button and you're protected. So make sure you check it out. Um, um, you won't even know it's there. Just once you hit the button, you walk away as normal. And they are ranked uh, 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. IPVanish.com forward slash uh, forward slash daytrippers. Check it out if you're looking for a VPN now or in the future. And as I said, 70% off. So go and check them out. My only um, criticism is the goals, yeah. But like, it's too early to tell whether he's going to score enough goals for us or not. Jota came in and he scores a hundred goals for us in, in two games, right? So and and straight away he were getting something we weren't expect expected to get out of Jota, and that's continued and continued and continued. Um, I'm just trying to think: is there has there been a modern day forward who's come in and not scored loads of goals to go on and then score loads of goals? And again, the only the only sort of comparison you can you can make is Suarez, but Suarez does come and score in his opening game and he scores the next couple of games, and it's just Suarez. It's it, for Suarez, it was always like. 
you felt he could score more because he was either hitting the post or he hitting hit the, the bar. bar a ridiculous hit. amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that it's, Kenny season? He, he hit the bar like 58 times or something like that. You yeah, know yeah, yeah it was ridiculous. Every week he was hitting it's, the bar. It's, it's, it's my one... when it clicked through, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. In, in terms and then... But like, it's my one bit that I want to, I want to see Diaz deliver on his goals. Mm. Right? Because the one thing Salah does when he arrives in scores goals. The thing that all makes us stand up about Salah, like, and I, I was singing his praises coming in and expected him to be able to hit somewhere between 16 and 18 goals a season from Salah, the way he'd been playing in Italy. Um, I haven't seen enough of Diaz to know, uh, but from when he was coming in, anyone who had seen him was saying that he scores plenty of goals. So I'm hoping the goals come from a lovely uh, technique, great technique, and then seeing, and is able to use his technique, which is like the, you know, you have fellas who are flashy and, and does nothing with it. He's definitely got a, a, an impact on the point of attack. But there was that one on one with Mendy when he went through, and he doesn't score it right. And that to me was it's probably the only warning flag I'd have in terms of looking at. Him. Do I enjoy watching him? Absolutely, really enjoy watching him. Right? Um, you can't not. He's that type of swashbuckling, grafting street footballer that's just phenomenal to watch when you see them dribble with the ball and, and see what way they, they want to play football. Um, but I'm just wondering, as I said to you, the, the only warning signal I have is when do the goals start flowing and are we going to see the goals start flowing because you know, Mane's not getting any younger. I, I think when I look at him, like he gets a goal against um, Norwich in the league yeah, mm-hmm. um, and he's played four or five games. He has a goal, um, but I think that'll come. I think he's still learning who he's playing with. I think he, he's learning what way they play, what they look for. And as well as that, he's played in four different competitions, which means he's played with four, a lot of variety in the team. So it's hard to get an actual run of things. But I, I agree with you. Like, you know, if he's if he's gets the end of the season, has 20 games under his belt and he still has one goal, you go, he needs to do more. But from what I've seen in the first five, I think he's, I just, I just look at him and I think he is quite flashy. I will say that. But, he backs it up with the fucking pace he has and how direct he is and how he absolutely worries people because you've seen loads of players before and they're real flashy and they do all the fucking step overs and not a lot comes of it. You know, are they beating anybody? Um, even if you go back to Ronaldo in his early days at United, um, his debut is, I think, at home to Fulham and I think he gets an assist on the day. He may, but he does loads of step overs and crosses it into the Stratford ends two or three times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you see him grown over a set and we're in within three, four years, he's the best player on the planet, arguably, you know, the sort of way. With, with Luis Diaz, I look and I go, I don't mind the flashiness, I don't mind the no-look uh, passing and stuff like that, if you're going to back it up and be, um, and penetrate defences, and that's what he looks like he's doing already for me, so he's definitely... I think, he's, I, listen, I think, I think he's got more goals for me, you know, uh, in a season, and he mightn't get up, Mane numbers, might be in and around that he won't get, I don't think he'll get Salah numbers, uh, but he won't. Uh, so I'd say he'll, I'd, I'd be fairly confident he'll get more goals than for me, you know, on the team. So he'll play more games than for me, you know, he's, he's injured yeah. every three weeks. Mm. I think Diaz over a full season in the front line at Liverpool should be looking at 15 goals plus. Mm. And I think if, if Salah continues what he's doing and Jota continues what he's doing, even if it's a fall off from, say, Mane, that would probably put you 20-25 in a season. The fact that Jota would score on an awful lot more inside mm. as opposed to what Firmino would score, it probably levels itself out or 
you probably come out a little bit on top. But having said that, you know, it's not all about Luis Diaz. It's about all the other players you have there as well. And if you have options, you have options. But I think so far, so good with Luis Diaz. He, I thought he was unbelievable yesterday, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I'm going to go with my loser first. And it's um, Bielsa at Leeds. Um, sacked by Leeds um, after a horrendous run of form. He's being replaced by um, the guy that was at Leipzig. And Salzburg March, isn't it? Jesse March. Jesse March. Um, Jesse March. Sorry, he's American. Um, he is yeah. American. He was at Salzburg. He done quite well. He only lasted twenty one games at Leipzig, and has now been made Leeds manager. I think he's done his fourth interview today. But Bielsa, I look. I spoke to Joe, the Leeds fans last last week. Um, he was on a show with us. He was very very honest in his assessment of Leeds, but he was adamant that Bielsa shouldn't lose his job. Um, but I was talking to him at the weekend. I said, look, Joe, they have to make a decision on this. You know, the man is a legend at Leeds. Um, Joe will tell you that. He's brought them up 16 years out of the Premier League and he brings them up. He plays a really nice brand of football last year, which was a bit mental, but people enjoyed watching it. It's caught up with them a little bit. And I think I was trying to say to Joe, like, you have players coming back. If you can hold out till then, you might be okay, but I think what what does it for Bielsa is it doesn't change. What he's doing doesn't change, and he looks to me like he's lost the squad. The squad just haven't got it in them to keep doing every week what he wanted. Like he's beaten three nil away at Everton, he's beaten four two at home to Manchester United, he's beaten six nil away at Anfield, and he's beaten four nil at Sports or home to Sports. And you're looking going and six nil away, I think at City as well. You know, and if you have just put them games together, it's it's fucking twenty plus goals in five games or whatever it is. And it just looked to me like he'd lost the players. The players just hadn't got it in them. It was like we can't do this anymore. And the answers to our problems isn't to run more. You know, it's to be a little, little bit more intelligent. And I'm sad to see him go. I think um just because of who he is and, and what he's done in the game. But I think it's I think it's the right decision if they want to stay up because doing the same thing over and over again doesn't make it right. And that's what it looked like they were doing. And they were doing it to an actual... The impact was getting less and less all the time because for me, the players looked like it just they, they just couldn't do anymore. And on top of that, the players that were due to come back, the likes of um, Phillips, um, Bamford, and one or two others, they just didn't get back in time. They just couldn't hold out in time to get them players back. It just didn't come quick enough. So my loser of the week is Bielsa um, because... He's lost his job, but I have to say I'm sorry to see him go. Chris, um, Bielsa, the correct decision? Yeah. Um, I think it was, it, it was sentiment that was still keeping him in there. You know, 20, cause in 20 goals in a month, you know, the one, one game in twenty in this year isn't, isn't the recipe for things going well. And I saw a lot saying he won't adapt, he can't adapt, which is a little bit of mythical bollocks because... He did show last year, Jan to May last year, they are they were in the top five best defences for hope at home. So he did adapt and made them more solid defensively last year. Now maybe he didn't have the players, but he definitely could have done gone back to the formation he had second half of last year and made them a little bit more difficult to play against. They still scored loads of goals and still were entertaining. Uh, but it, it was almost like they just said, We're gonna go gun ho and to hell with it. But if you're going to go gun ho you've got to have the, the tools to do it. And, you know, Daniel James up front is not the tool to get you loads of goals. It just isn't. You know, he's a winger. You know, you play, and then you're playing your centre forward, Rod, Rodrigo, in midfield. It doesn't work. So it's sad to see him go. Look, I think he'll always go down 
well in Leeds because of what he did. He took them up. He made them relevant again. People, you know, talk about Leeds a bit more now. You know, people were excited to see Leeds or hated seeing Leeds back. But either way, they were making Leeds a subject to talk about. But the time it felt right. He, pro- he probably, if I, if Morris probably should have gone a bit a little bit sooner. But for the new manager now, he's, at least he's got some uh, winnable fixtures in front of him. Okay. Um, Davo, Bielsa, Leeds, correct decision. Jesse Marsh. Uh, look, it's a results business. How he was always going to get the ball. I'm a kind of be with you. Be a little bit sorry to see him go. But there's a few different. Like I remember Gary Neville mentioning that for the big teams, he goes, they love playing against Leeds. It's too easy. It's just too easy uh, for them. I think the big thing for them is the goals have kind of drove. They've always been leaky with the way they play. Uh, they go man to man, but they're, they're not scoring any goals. Like I, I saw a bit, I, I've seen bits and pieces of them over the last few weeks. Obviously, I watched their game with them, but the Everton game, they're two nothing down at half time, but they hit the bar twice. Um, Rodrigo two buttes could have easily went in level. Um, I believe the Spurs game at the weekend it was 4 0, but it could have been Leeds definitely should have scored two or three. I think Larice was a bit fucking AWOL for large parts of that game, doing some mad shit. And now Leeds missed an open goal as well. Um, so I think just the goals have dried up, they've always been fairly leaky. They go tit for tat, but the goals have the goals have stopped going in. Um, apparently, it was I was I heard I was reading something that uh. They'd made the decision before the Spurs game. They'd already spoken to Marsh last week about coming in. So that result, really, even if they won, I think he was probably getting the bullet anyway. But um, I listened to a Leeds journalist there last week saying if they did get rid of him, how will they get a new manager bounce considering his kind of word was deprogrammed. The new manager would have to come in and deprogram that Leeds team from that high press, that high press or the man-to-man or whatever, the, the the frenetic way that they play. And he kind of felt it might be a bit of a disaster if a new fella came in and tried to deal with that, especially when they're staring. Uh, or they're, they're definitely in a relegation fight now. So, um, interesting to see actually going forward what happens to them. But I am a little bit sad to see him go, yeah, because well, he's won in the game. Mm. Phil, you know, they're dropping like a stone in the league. Um, they're losing game after game. Uh, the, the players look out on their feet. And Davo says they're like, to bring somebody in, it's going to be a complete change. As Because Bielsa is, is quite unique in what he tries to do. Like, we all see teams press, but this is just insane what he tries to do. Um, could he have held on and just seen? Or is it just a case of, no, we could be going for the championship here and we've been there 16 years. Something has to change. And the first thing that changes is the manager, regardless of what he's done over the last three years. The bravest thing a club can do is not change the manager in that situation. Um, but there's no, there's no real, there's no. It's it's look at the draw whether you're able to pull over or not. And like it, it doesn't really matter. Your man Jesse March is is failed at Leipzig, right? Mm. Um, it's not like they're getting a, a, a nailed on surefire thing. Um, they didn't go the Sam Allardyce route to try shore it up and keep them in the the Premier League and, and see what happens. <laughs> Um and uh, I don't know. Look at at the end of the day, um, it's evening time, and when you get Leeds and Ellen Road and the, under the lights, and maybe bring back Dave O'Leary for a bit of uh, nostalgia and, and a <laughs> I boost. Dave O'Leary's doing now. 
He's still wandering around trying to find his boys in Madrid. Thought, he doesn't I, know where any of the I young thought, boys. I thought the last one was him. He was living in Dubai or something like that. I think he is. I think he, he is. Yeah. He did. He did. He went I to thought, Dubai. The, for, no, the last for, I heard him was trip. only a while back, and I thought, Jesus, like he just disappeared, like completely, like you know what I mean. And I know it was well, a well, mental time, at least, but he just like chill, did he do Leeds and then he done Villa, didn't he? Villa, yeah, Villa. Yeah, and then I think that was might have been the end of him. But that's mad. But massive wallet at that stage, and he's gone. This is grand. I'm finished now, lads. So I'm, I'm going to be off here. The young boys are growing up, and I've, <laughs> yeah, I've done my yeah. job at this point in time. Yeah. But come here, some lunatic there um, suggested that we should swoop for Calvin Phillips, unless Calvin Phillips is a DJ that's going to play uh, music in the dressing room at half time. They'd fucking rather wear a sock around a cone and stick down on the pitch. The, 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 big, the, big, the big thing, the, the big thing about the, the, the players that are there, like uh, that's another factor of it because there's rumor going around that um, Rafinha. Uh, there's a sixty million pound asking price on him, but if Leeds go down, it's twenty five million, right? So he obviously has a relegation clause written in. I'm wondering, is there many more like that? And they're like, listen, we are going to not only get relegated, but we're going to lose like a ridiculous amount of money on players here if we go down. And that's probably part of it. Calvin Phillips is a good player. Um, the only pro- the only thing I would say about him is he seems to be picking up injuries. And that's like genuinely, don't bring me any midfielders to pick up injuries because I can't deal with any more of them. He's not, a, he's not a good player. He was a one-season wonder that did well for a league. No, he is a good player. No, he's not. He's not. Okay. He's not. I think he is. I, I'll tell you, you, were, you mentioned Rafinha there, Gav. I think he's probably won over the last couple of months whose stock has really, really dropped. He's been yeah. linked with us. He's been linked with Bayern Munich. And I think more the, the issue with him over the last while has been his attitude. I think it's been stinking. He's been stinking the gaff out. Uh, he was hauled at halftime at Goodison. He was he was building the ball against Hardens, against us. Um, and... I think his attitude kind of is is has been questioned, is in question, and particularly we now with Klopp and stuff like that, he wants to know what fellas are like if they're going to come into the dressing room. Now, listen, I don't know that he's a he's is he's a target. We'll have to bring a Diaz in. It looks like we might get something done with Fulham for that Carvalho young fella. Yeah, listen, the ship might have sailed for him for Liverpool, but I think he's one that's. Personally, I think his stock has really, really dropped off. I know we like around the international break there a couple of months ago. Scored for Brazil, he was, he was getting raved about. But Jesus, performance! I'd say that. I'd say that is games. Yeah, I'd say there is a few looking. We're looking at him and looking going. Mm. It's getting tough there, Leeds, and he seems mm. to be like he gives away the corner at Anfield where Van Dijk scores the sixth goal, mm. and you can see, you can actually see him turn around after thinking. After giving away the corner, as if to go, this is a lot of yeah. Towel has gone in with him, like, and if you're looking at that, like, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's, 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 it's easier than like that. Of course, you're pissed off, right? But the towel, you're meant to be probably the talisman of that team, apart from Phillips, and the towel has gone in. Mm. But look, it's been difficult for them. They've been missing Phillips and Bamford, and obviously the captain Cooper. I, listen, I don't know too much about him, um, player, like how good he is or bad or indifferent, but he's the captain. Yeah. Would, have, would have been one of the leaders and they're missing the trade and apparently I don't think Bamford's going to play again this season apparently he's still he's still in pain when he's walking it's a foot injury mm. and he's been out for a while there seems to be no sign of a clearing up so I think you can you can reel Bamford out for the rest of the season anyway so they're fucking they're, they're banging they're see that place. that's a great show from Owen Bork there Gav Terry Venables did take over from Dave O'Leary at the time as the interim manager leads probably phoned up and said Dave don't worry I'm not the manager I'll just stand here beside you for games and then he was the manager that's how Terry <laughs> Venables rolled at that time um, 
before we get before we get to um we have one two we've i think we've three winners left and one loser um left to go but before we do phil yeah you like to talk about something random on this show and this week it's um it's a short sponsor this is immense this is absolutely immense and let me just put a bit of background on this a couple of years ago on this podcast when it used to be just a podcast and not a video show uh, Nilo, our, our old friend and colleague, attempted to get um, a sponsorship from who was it? What was it? Uh, X in the City in in Liverpool, right? So we were very close to securing a sponsorship deal with a strip club, right? So I, I, and I remember at the time going, "Nah, nah, I don't, I don't think you can do that," right? <laughs> However, it was the, it was the Washington Squares have managed to outdo us all, um, and they have signed a sponsorship deal with Red Tube. <laughs> Right, <laughs> they've released their jersey <laughs> in terms of what they're going to do for their kit, which you can all, if you squint your eyes really closely, you can see what's going on in, in that in that one there, right? Um, Washington and it's, Square, it's, I presume they're like a, an American. Yeah, they're an American team in Washington team or something and, like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they've managed to secure a sponsorship deal with Red Tube. And now they're pinging all the most watched ladies on uh, Reg <laughs> to see if they turn up at their games to try help with the crowds. There's just, so there's no there's no <laughs> end to what some clubs will do, isn't there? Like it's just uh, I don't know. Great, 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 great is, 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 this, is this confirmed though? Like it is yeah. confirmed. Like all right. Yeah. So it's not something where Washington Square have thrown this out as an idea to see if there's any reaction they've just thrown it out and went this is it deal with it yeah. and there'll be, there'll, be, there'll be murder over that that'll be pulled there'll be murder over most you know, watched you know, team you know the Americans <laughs> on Red Shield it'll be immense Luke Bowles and the Bob Marley gig yeah it's a it's a bit of a mad one um, but like fair play to them if they're having a go fair play but like I don't know how big Washington Square are as a side and how many supporters they have and you know they, they have support- to get the, They'll have to get some of their some of their players to change their names. Richard Hardon at playing at number four will be the best one to go, right? Okay. <laughs> you can start ranking, okay ranking so you want you, 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 you not only want this sponsorship, <laughs> you want the people to change the name by deed Paul because of the sponsor. Yeah, we can have okay. Colin Litt playing at rifle. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, I, we leave it at that. You see, this way I don't, I don't, I'm not mad about your fucking random stuff, but there you go. If you fancy a Washington Square jersey, um, check them out because they are sponsored now by uh, Red Tube. Is that what you said to me? Where's Miranda Cheese when you need them? Yeah, <laughs> no, here, look, I'm, I'm so rabbit. fucking happy he's not here tonight. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the most mental comments I've ever seen on this channel, to be perfectly honest with you. But there you go. If you want them, um, if, and it could be a collector's item because I'm, I'm a devil. I think uh, yeah. they will release this and then someone will come along and go, not a fucking chance. Most <laughs> most, most likely the league themselves going, no way, it's not happening. But then again, it's in America. Anything could yep. happen. You know, anything, anything, happen. anything goes. Um, Do you remember St. Pauli had the pole dancers in the, in the, in the stadium? No. Now go check that one out after the show. Okay, well, there St. Pauli used, um, used to have a pole in the stadium because uh, the fans obviously owned the club and decided what went on in the club, and they had a pole pole dancers in in, in the stadium. So, okay, no problem. Um, uh, somebody somebody has informed me there that 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 red shield sponsorship is from about four years ago, Phil. Great, about time we talked. So about now, now, do we need to check it out now to see if it went ahead, 
Or what happens? We need a follow up on that now. If that's the case, it brightened up my Monday. So you can now fuck off, pretend it's it's how it happened today, right? Okay, it's brightened up your once it brightens up Phil's Monday. Fuck the rest is basically. Um, So (laughs) back to Davo. Davo, who is your winner of the weekend? Ah, listen, it's not very. um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's original. Listen, it's. yeah, it's not very original. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. I was, I was, I was struggling there, big time, Chris. Thanks. It's not very original, but uh, Quivian Keller has to be Quivian. Um, just can't think why. Just, um, like Chris mentioned earlier, that five all game. I remember that five all game with Arsenal, and I thought he was very poor. He wasn't ready, and I wasn't sure if he was ever going to be ready. And the jump he's made. And what did you say? That was three years ago, was it, Chris? think so two three years three lockdowns the the jump that he's made from then to now obviously walking with Akterberg and whoever else um has been huge one more so than like I think we'd all agree like we we didn't miss Allison yesterday we didn't miss Allison at Stamford Bridge so I know he's not getting a lot of games he played in the League Cup game um obviously the Leicester saved a couple of penalties in the Leicester game he's played all the way through on the League Cup bar the Preston game I think Adrian played so he's he's not getting loads of games but I would probably argue from my point of view I know Phil played in goal as well from my point of view like he's he's played twice against one of the best teams in Europe the European champions one at Stamford Bridge one at Wembley in a cup final with the eyes of the world on him and he's been absolutely superb in the two games and I know he's not I know from an Irish point of view, we have Gavin Bazoon who was on loan from City at Portsmouth and he's playing every week, which is which is great as well. But I think it's just a different way, a different way of doing things for keepers. It doesn't always have to be that way. I think he's learning an awful lot. I think someone said earlier, I wouldn't I think it was Ray Ray Dicko said I wouldn't underestimate what he's what how how big it is from working with Allison uh day in and day out. And I just thought look at he's playing arguably like the City game is the biggest, our second biggest league game, our tour biggest league game away from home and he's played in the cup final and he's been superb in both of them and uh, just great and I think Klopp said he's probably the best number two we could have in the world uh, at the minute and he wouldn't swap him for anyone and I'd, I'd be of that opinion as well. Superb. It's, um, I think you know how highly rate him that he never sent him on loan mm-hmm. and I think it's the same with Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones could have easily went out on loan. Harvey Elliott was a bit different because I think he was just pushing so hard that they went, can we take the risk and send them on loan? But you see he's back and he's straight in the first team squad. But you say Dicko says that earlier and I, I can't agree I can't agree more. The fact that he's there now, I think it's three years he's training with Alison Becker now. And you mm. can see he's not Alison Becker, but he's very close as a prototype in the way he plays, the way he approaches, crosses, shots, um, comes out of his box, how he tries to work with his feet, um, distribution, all that sort of thing. And I'm going to be honest with you, you couldn't have made a better story for me yesterday. Bar Harvey Elliott banging one in the last minute into the top corner, I don't think he could have made a better story on that because the row all week, not a row, but the discussion all week was all oh, sentiment and stuff like that. And oh, should he play? Should he not play? And Jurgen Klopp said, look, I'm a manager, but I'm a human being. And there has to be, there has to be, um, a space for this sort of thing in football and he sticks to his word he plays him and he doesn't let anybody down he makes a cracking save early on he makes other good ones during the game he's cool he's calm he slots away a lovely penalty and then he's 
you know, he's in goal for that, the one that scored. But I was absolutely delighted for him. Chris, you know, he doesn't get many games. Klopp says he asks him to do an awful lot for him um, day in and day out. But just to see that yesterday was absolutely, and not just because he's Irish or anything like that, just it's, he's a goalkeeper that's been there throughout the whole run. He's get he, he's given the final. And if he makes a, a hell of there yesterday, it's like, oh, you should have played Allison. You should have played your goalkeeper. Tuchel doesn't. Tuchel goals were his first choice instead of giving the League Cup goalkeeper, as you would call it, the the start, but obviously brings him up with the pens. But, but Chris, he, he does nothing wrong yesterday. And then he's right in the centre of attention when it comes to, you know, scoring for Liverpool and, and Chelsea missing. It was it was amazing. Yeah, the best the best way I could describe it is the goalkeeping version of Joel Matip. Because when Joel Matip, for the last two, three years, was always picking up injuries, when you drop Joel Matip in, he might not have played for six weeks, seven weeks. You never knew he hadn't played for six, seven weeks. He just played his natural game and fit and slotted in perfectly. And Kel has kind of got the same mentality as doesn't play, I mean, he hasn't played since the for second of jam. So he's not he's not played now for four or five weeks and then you just drop him in. And he his levels what it was four or five weeks ago. That takes us a high level of um mentality and maturity to do that, which is could only be a good thing. And in goalkeeping terms, he's a baby. He's twenty three, which in goalkeeping terms is nothing because most goalkeepers now don't get anywhere near the peak till they're probably early thirties. You know, Allison's probably getting close close to his peak now. So He's got a lot of years on his side. Um, it's just as long as we can keep him happy to keep him there as a number two because he's he's really, really good for us. And I don't really bat an eyelid now if he's picked. You know, yeah, way. I, I, I did say, like, you know, it's a cup final. I'd rather play my first choice keeper because it's cup final. Liverpool don't get to many of them. But when they said they're picking Kelly, I wasn't like losing my mind over it. It's just like, well, I'd rather have gone for Arsenal because he's first choice. But when I saw him start, I wasn't panicked over him starting. I was panicked over. I may have been worried about a couple of the outfield players, but Keller's one of the ones that if he's in. Don't doesn't really phase me at all. Phil, how highly should he be rated? And as a goalkeeper, you know, as number two at Liverpool, and the age he's at, he probably is going to look for more regular football. What should he do, and what should Liverpool do with regards to giving Keller? If he's highly, if he's as highly rated as I think he is, by Liverpool. I'm going to do this quick so we, we aren't stuck on it right for a start. I, I'm delighted what went on from yesterday. He's about 15 million times better than, mm, I'd say, 13 other goalkeepers that are playing in the, in the Premier League at the moment, including all the English ones. Every single English goalkeeper is better than Um <laughs> So I think that's impo- important to, to state at the outset. He's 80% Allison. So if you're 80% Allison, that means you're in the top bracket, in the top 20 goalkeepers in world football. That's how high Kelleher is now at this stage, right? Um, and to put him in context, he's the third best goalkeeper we've had since Bruce Grobler left the club in 1994. And I'm not even messing about that. The, the three best goalkeepers we've had, Alisson, Raina and Kelleher. Every other one was an imposter. Like, if you rank... What's Kelleher like compared to Dudek? I'd rather, if you had Kelleher Dudek, I'm going with Kelleher. Right? Kelleher Vestervelt, going with Kelleher. Kelleher Mignolet, Kelleher. Kelleher Brad Jones, Kelleher. Like the list is endless. Ken, Kelleher David James, Kelleher. Kelleher uh, Friedel, Kelleher. Kelleher Corkland, Kelleher. Kelleher Carson, Kelleher. Like, uh, this is, and this isn't even just um, all that uh, hyperbole. We've seen him play now a number of games for Liverpool. 
we've seen his quality. We've seen his calmness. We've seen his psyche. You can't breed that in a goalkeeper, right? Um, and that's some, something he's going to take everywhere he goes with him. Do I think he, we can keep him? No, I don't. I think we've got probably another season at best with him, right? And then the lure to go somewhere and have a full career would be too big. The only so, thing that keeps him at Liverpool is... Could if, you do a Courtois? Could it's that, you well, a Courtois deal? Like Which in terms was, of go and, and come back? Sell him uh, I think I think Courtois went in a two or three alone deal to Madrid, but there was no recall on it. It was you're going there, you're their keeper for three years. Um, I, I there, was an agreed, there was an agreed fee at the end. Or you sell him with a, an agreed buyback clause. I'd love to see him go for him. I'd love to see him go to to Spain or Italy or Germany and just so, do something different to the typical career when you leave a big club and that's just to go to another club that's, that's say, somewhere ranked between 11th and 6th in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to see him go. Wouldn't it be great to see him a bit, do a bit what Chesney did when he left Arsenal he went to Roma and he then carved out a career with season ending up at Juventus. You know what I mean? It's it's totally different to what you'd expect a goalkeeper to do. And for me, I want to see Kelleher achieve what he possibly can because I think there's a, there's an opportunity for him to be bigger than any other Irish goalkeeper of all time. And I know we're talking about Bazano, but he's going to have to figure out his own career path as well because he's not going to get anywhere near the City goal unless Edison pisses <laughs> off. And, he, and, and as long as Ryan um, Pep is there, he's not so. But there isn't that, his psyche, his mentality, and you could see it yesterday. He's deeply cool under pressure. Um, big Jesus, when, he, when, he, when he scored the penalty, Phil, I, I seen it on that uh, inside Wembley there, the, the camera angle they had. He just he, he, he scored his penalty and just kind of trotted in and walked onto the goal line. There was no, it was like he was after being crossing the ball for Allison in the warm up or something. Do you know, do you know who reminds me of it in terms of the mentality, Davo? This is where it jumped out because I watched it again. Seaman, mm. that unflappable nature where and and Allison has it as well. It just has this unflappable nature where a mistake has no impact on on how they approach the game or how they play the game. And you can't you can't make that. Somebody saying bigger than given. Yeah, he's already bigger than given. He's about six, six foot five. Six like this. Foot, <laughs> no, he's six foot two. <laughs> given wasn't as small as I think. Given's about six foot warm, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm but, but, six foot two. I think. Uh, lads, look, yeah, but it's just he's wary. But when you see him standing on that goal for those penalties, and he puts his hands up, and his hands are comfortably going over the bar, like you, that's that, that that guy is tough. Um, so uh, you know, I, I think enjoying what we can, unless something happens with Allison, um, Kelleher will be heading off. But I would love to see him go to. I think somebody's mentioned the Dortmund there. That'd be a fantastic fit, in my opinion. I'd love to. See, I'd love to see something like like Chris mentioned. Like, um, you know, listen. We're putting you out for a two-year loan, um, and we're bringing you back as our goalkeeper. And if you get another year out of him, right? If you get another year out of him in the squad, and then you do that to another two years, that's another three years of Allison, mm. you know, sort of way. And it could be a case where Allison, you know, how much his family is, you know. And I'm not, I'm not running Allison out of the club, but it might get to the stage where Allison goes, "This, I want to go back. I've done ten years in Europe. I want to go back to my family." Um, in in Brazil, mm. and I want to finish out my career there with my family around me, um. And nobody will deprive him of that. You know, I wouldn't be letting Cuevi and Keller go without the chance of getting them back. Now, mm. having said that, he could go away for two years and you go, oh, listen, he's played fucking 80 games and he's not being good. 
you know, he's good mm. in flashes, but he's not good over the season. And it could happen. But right now, the way he is, I think Liverpool should be looking to protect what they have while he's here and protect their interests if he does go and wants to play football. I think that's the most logical way to do it. Um, let's fly through this. Phil, your winner. Of, um, I, no, I feel, oh, you're a loser. You're a loser. Sorry, you're a loser. FIFA. Up until today, they made an absolute hames of this Russia thing. <laughs> they should have been just banned last week. It, it, it took, it took the, the Czechs, the Poles and the Swedes to say they will not play Russia in any in any shape or form for them to actually back down. I think the FAI have said the same, haven't they? The FAI have come in today and said they will not play. I think Belarus are on the radar now as well. Yeah, well, that's because the Belarusians look like they might be able to help out with the Russians because oh, they have such a, yeah. a, a mare, right? So, like, from my point of view, um, typical FIFA and UEFA, it, it took the national FAs, which is saying something, to actually force them into doing the right thing. It's a disgrace. And finally, today, UEFA then pulled the plug on Gazprom um, and it took them so long to do the, the Champions I think League. You, as, I think, uh, funnily enough, Phil, I think UEFA have been actually better, uh, better than FIFA, which is strange. They've been a little bit quicker to it. Pulling the gas okay, Davo, the but you have to remember, him. lads, this isn't a fella just walking into work this morning and saying, listen, we're pulling the plug. They would have to go down a yeah. legal route. And oh, check no, yeah, yeah. It's not going to take an hour to do. You know, that's no, but Gabby, this, this, <clears throat> the, it, when we say that, that's that's also, that, that that's nondescript. They're the governing body. They can decide where things go. <laughs> and when when they wanted to make the decision, when, when, when again, when the, when the media per, per pressure came on them, they were quick to pull it. And also, I want to say, FIFA, a man Infantino, was questioned mm. on his medal of honor he received from Putin. Oh, I heard that the back. from Rob Harris. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and he refused to answer, and then they cut the press conference off. The FIFA PR handlers cut the press conference off. So FIFA, UEFA, being as ever, set them, throw them into the fiery dumpster. The sooner, the sooner we get the European Super League, the sooner we get rid of those that two shyster organisations at the top. Okay, Davo, anything on that? Um, listen. I, I, not not a whole lot to be honest with you because I'm not educated enough really. I, I listened. I, I did listen to bits and pieces. I heard the Rob Harris uh, question to Infantino about his Medal of Honor he got from Putin and how he was asking him about does you regret being in bed with him for uh, the Russia World Cup and he just kind of fucking he just fobbed it off. What did he, what did he call it? Philly filibuster the question. And he just kind of yeah. waffled on for a few minutes and then the press conference cut off. Um. That, Phil is right. The, none of this, this would all be the status quo would be the same apart from the players and the the national confederations coming out and saying, "Listen, we're not playing Russia. You can do it, just fucking like throw us out, whatever. We're not playing Russia." And um, it's actually good. I'm, it's actually good. I was only asking my own man today: Would sport be a thing that maybe pulls this war to a head? Maybe that. It, like I know Putin's a lunatic, but if if like if Russia is kind of um starts getting put, like ostracized like South African apartheid where during the apartheid, I mean he's not going to want that either. He likes the ego. He likes all the bells and whistles of the Sochi Olympics and Gregory Rodchenko and getting all these medals and this that and the other and all. He loves all that as well. So. Listen, not to, not to, not to rub it in on the Everton fans tonight, but uh, I, I hate to break the news. Usmanov was added to the list. Did you see that? Usmanov is, is off. The talk is, is he's added to the list, but it's actually the Americans that are adding him to it. Well, um, as soon as he goes, as soon as he goes on that list, Gav, it's game. Yeah, over. no, but the the talk is that um, 
they're two separate companies, so we we don't we don't know. Usman off is on it. Um, and Sean, he just Sean Lawson just put a, a a thing into our WhatsApp group there saying the trustees at Chelsea are considering resigning over this because um, they don't want to take stewardship. They don't want to take stewardship and blah blah blah. So I didn't obviously I didn't read it. So there is look at there's all there's all sorts of stuff going on. I'm not educated enough to be going in talking about that, but I I just wonder will Sport have a Will Sport play a big part in getting this to slow down or getting it to some sort of peace? Maybe Sport might have it. Well, look, at uh, listen, Gavin, probably won't because Putin's a fucking lunatic. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not educated enough, but it's it's good to see that Sport has. It's 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 after putting fucking yeah, it's reacted and it's after. Do you know what? It's after throwing just, a couple of spanners just, in a couple of walks. Yeah, every just uh, just for, think for, of for everything tonight, Devo. The underwater stadium is sunk. Their major backers are being ostracized in, in the Russian world. Frank Lampard is laughing all the way to the bank and they're going down. What a, like, look at the compared to ourselves. Fourth trophy down to four and we're on, on the march. And our goalkeeper, our sub goalkeeper is winning trophies for us. Kelleher has now more trophies than Everton has in the last 24 years. Diaz rocked in 27 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Chris. Get the trophy. For you, um, you know, it's the sanctions coming against them all over the place. So I'll leave myself the last on this one, but do you think Russia would give a shit that clubs or teams won't play them in Europe and teams won't play them in World Cup qualifiers and, you know, Olympics or wherever it might be? Do you think he cares? I think Russia cares. Whether the guy in charge of Russia cares, don't know. He's, he just looks a bit of a lunatic. I mean, I'm not well read up on it, so... I can't comment too much, but he just looks like a he just looks bananas. I think everyone thought he is, but I don't know how he's. But these sort of people, I don't know how how do you talk him down. Well, you don't. Who, really, who? So, you don't. Yeah. What's going? What's what's going to drive any real change? If a change is going to come without any annihilation of Ukraine as such, is if the oligarchs revolt in terms of what's there. That's the only power. This this um, season, the assets and stuff is is a power play to try drive change internally in Russia as opposed to. Um, doing anything with that because if the likes of Uzmanov, Abramovich, and all that type of stuff have their assets seized, that's a that's a much like that is the pressure point if you know what I mean mm. on the the support structure that holds Putin in power as it is in, in Russia. But look, you know we're not dealing with um, democracy place. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre place. I don't think sport will do anything to change that man's mind as to what he wants. No, because at no. the end of the day, he will see the Ukraine and their joining of NATO and NATO being that close to Russia as much bigger than any fella kicking the ball or any fella winning the medal or mm-hmm. woman, right? Um, talks are, is that they're, they're holding talks on the Belarus border with the Ukraine. Um, he sent a delegation. You know, if he, if he wants to do this, he will do it. And what he's doing is he's throwing out enough threats around the place as well. He's basically telling people, if you help them, you'll know we will react like you've never seen before. And he's also telling them, and what by, by what I mean in help is, you send them fucking guns. Well, never mind mm. people. You send them guns or, 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 or rations or whatever it is, we'll react to you. We'll consider you as, as the enemy as well. Now, I, don't know whether it's a lot, I don't know whether it's a lot of bluff from him I don't know but we'll find out I think there's a bit we don't find out but 
listen, I think there's Hugh, a bit of embarrassment there on his behalf. That I think he thought this would be a very quick team. Yeah, they'd, just, they'd, yeah. they'd mill in, they'd fly through Kharkiv, they'd go to Kiev, Yaman had legged to the States or something like that, and then he'd install whoever he wants in power. They got bet out of Kharkiv, didn't they? The, the troops, but they got the, they're taking a lot of casualties, the Russians. They, 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 did, they weren't able to overthrow Kharkiv, which is, I think, the second biggest city. Uh, I don't think they're anywhere near Kiev or they're, they're trying to head towards Kiev or whatever. So it's quite a bit embarrassing for them. I think they've had to roll back and regroup and stuff like that. So yeah, who knows? Look, it's, it's, it's not a great situation. There's lads in the Ukraine robbing tanks with tractors. And there's other there's there's women on TikTok in the Ukraine robbing tanks off the Russians and showing other Ukrainians how to jump into a tank and start it up and do a bailer on it, right? So if that's the case, then you know that it, you're facing a disorganized thing. So, but it, you know, I will say one thing. I think what this is really interesting is is that this war started in 2014 um, with all the Russian influence on various different social media channels, particularly Facebook. It's been going on for a good while at this stage. And it has a severe impact on the on the world in terms of what we're looking at, and what they haven't have what they hadn't catered for is the fact that the Ukraine is one of the biggest um, programming and IT beds in all of Europe globally, um, and the information war that they're engaged in at this moment in time is one of the best you're ever going to see waged because it's it's look look at look at social media look at all the feeds everywhere it's all very pro Ukrainian that's there and that's that's essentially wartime propaganda that's the that's how to, how you get your message out and win over the hearts and minds of the people that you want to, that you want supporting you and that's exactly what they're doing so anyway i'm not getting into into no. into that thing no, but, but it's just it, as 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 a, as a sum total my place the loser was fifa and uefa to, to to get have to end up in a massive level of pressure from the players and the associations to have to do the right thing it's absolutely ridiculous they remind me of the catholic church in the middle of the Spanish Inquisition, yeah. uh, going around boring people left, right, and centre, don't give a bollocks. Well, Russia Gargoyle says Russia have been um, taken out from the World Cup. They've also been taken of the Eurovision Song Contest um, uh, and some other big events. Uh, Putin, mm. um, he says, still doesn't understand the big consequences on Russia. Uh, Love the Eurovision, mate. An isolated country. Listen. Can we do a Eurovision hope, special? No, 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 100%. No. But, um, Love look, it. Hopefully, the best thing hopefully, ever. This gets, hopefully this gets finished as quick as possible with the minimum amount of I'll do a watch along um, casualties on, um, on the watch along on the Eurovision not a fucking chance um, 1975 Jamrock says uh, it's actually not about NATO if you listen to his speech it's about uh, all the countries that were split up when they were USSR NATO play was a farce um, yeah all them countries are split up but this is triggered by he doesn't want NATO in Ukraine he just doesn't um, but look there's lots of other things. There's lots there. of other things. Yeah, there's lots of other things. As Never well. expect the Spanish Inquisition. That no true word is spoken. Um, who's next? Phil, you've done that. Davo's done that. Chris, loser of the week. Yeah, I was going to do some uh, officials, but to be honest, it's fucking boring. So instead, I was reading through the program, you know, from the from the uh, from the match yesterday. I was a really good article in it. It was mm. the middle of the particle. Here we go. <laughs> shootout specialist I mean if, if you could ever you know set up propaganda so this is, so this is, in, so this is in the official this is League the, Cup this final the program official League Cup final program which I'd already ordered pre-game uh, before the game I'm flicking through it this morning and page 38 is shootout saviour Kepa Azabalaga okay. I thought that's quite apt so I thought do Kepa as me loser of the week because he just made a show of himself well Try, trying all these bollocks to you know 
put people off and just got nowhere near anything. It was just hilarious. And this is the same guy about three or four years ago. They tried to take off to bring Willy Caballero on because he's better at penalties. Yeah. And he wouldn't and he stayed on. And then I don't think he did fuck all against City as well. So it, I thought it was quite funny to be honest. Well we done um, we done a, we done a show on it last night. We talked about capable. I'm interested to hear Davo and Phil on this, right? So um Davo then Phil. Davo what is Tuchel doing putting him on the pitch? And on top of that, what is he playing at between the final whistle and the first penalty? And throughout the penalties to to the point where he's standing on the fucking post for Virgil van Dijk's penalty. Virgil van Dijk still goes that side and puts it past him. He was like, I said it last night, he was like a court jester. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, from the final whistle to the start of the penalties, I missed that bit now. Um, so basically, I missed it as well, but the last time, because I don't watch any of the in-between stuff. But basically what the lad said, look, he was asking for a ball constantly. He was like, fucking, he was like, he was so fucking hyper and asked for a ball. And Milner was going down to take the first penalty. And he's asking for the ball at Milner and just dancing around on the line and stuff like that. Like he literally come mm. on and looked like, you know, now listen, as, as, regard- yeah, as, as regarding taking him off to put a goalkeeper, like it's, it's not a new thing. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be hung, drawn and quadrant. Tuchel for doing it. I mean, they've done it before and it worked. Um, it's not a new thing. Jesus, I can remember a playoff final, Leongsco, Martin O'Neill's Leicester um, against, I can't remember who they were playing and they brought a big, some big blade Russian six foot nine keeper on the 119th minute and they happened to, Leicester happened to go down the other end and get a winner in the last kick of the game so they didn't need him but like, it's not a, it's not a new thing. You're going to, if he, if, Kepa comes on and they win it. If if it's if the roles are reversed there, then he doesn't save a penalty, but he scores his and Quavey and blasts his over. They'd be all saying, sure, he doing right. But more to the point, I, I thought is carry on for the penalties. I, I don't know. Sean, he mentioned it. Popped into my head, actually, Jordan, as well. Why the referee wasn't booking him? There was a young Irish goalkeeper sent off. Sean, he said there was two of them. I didn't realise it was two. There was a young Irish goalkeeper sent off in, the, in a shootout. I think it's weird to go with a referee. Joe Hawkins done for it in the other. I think Joe Hawkins done for it in under twenty one sort of it, and that was just for gobbing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this was just coming out. And he, he, he got just stepping off the line. Um, so how he wasn't booked uh, for his carry on trying to do it for every penalty, but <clears throat> listen, I love Fabinho's penalty, but my favourite penalty a lot was Van Dijk just milling the ball straight at his head and he fucking getting out of the way <laughs> yeah. it was to look back yeah and if you watch it, if it you watch it's to look back that gets me yeah and if you watch the inside um, Wembley video from Liverpool you'll see if you watch towards the end you'll see Van Dijk and Fabinho making reference to Kepa mm-hmm. um, after the game and during the celebrations Phil mm-hmm. um is it just is it is it a psychological thing just to do it because I don't know how Barry is a goal, goalkeeper or penalty <laughs> who had a fantastic game by the way. I think the record speaks that Kep has won three of the last five penalty shootouts or something like that. He won two in the run to the final, and they've done this on a couple of occasions and it worked. I think it worked only a couple of weeks back for them as well. So um, Tuchel has this ploy. He firmly believes that Kepa is a better penalty shootout expert uh, and on in this instance he conceded 11 penalties so that's uh, one of those things but did you see we were working with a crowd called Neuro 11 to mm-hmm. prepare us with a penalty shootout all week long so this wasn't just a, a trained team this was they had a, a, um, mind scientists in to train them 
mentally as to how to approach the penalty shoot. So, Chris, from your point of view, the next World Cup, you'll hear about all Euro 11 going into the England team yeah. to sort them out for the penalty shootout. And then Pickford will it's have fun. no arms. And yeah. he, unless you can save a ball with his tongue, it uh, won't make a little bit of difference. <laughs> so, I think Poppy Pop even so, said, he goes, but the last four penalty takers were on the list for yeah. like uh, work with his cover. So he did say, the last four he said, oh, they just hit it, didn't they? That was his. Canate's penalty gave me wiggly bum. Oh, yeah, Tony Casparino, Romania, 1990. Oh, yeah. Where the muck went in, the ball, the muck went in quicker than the ball. Yeah. The different went in than that before the ball did. Even the run up, he didn't know what he was doing, didn't he? After running up, he was like his legs were all over the place. He didn't, he was just going, What do I do here? Then he kicked the ball, and it was great. But, you know, Kepp himself, the two things. His, I think Kepa's head goes on the Van Dyke penalty for a start, right? Because I think the one before it does it. It the, the one where he gets the hand to it and it goes in. No, no, Fabinho, Fabinho where, where does him. Chips him. Fabinho, I think that embarrasses him. Yeah, then, Fabinho does it, and, and then Van Dyke finishes him off. I think he tries to double down yeah. by moving across the goal for Van Dyke, and Van Dyke just blasts mm. it in, and then looks back at him to go. And then Salah, Salah actually hits one Salah was and out, laughs. Salah was outrageous. He just laughs. Yeah, he sends him the wrong way. And and not not, not sends him the wrong way. Salah literally puts it. In the side netting, as close yep. to the post as you can possibly get. Like, yep. it doesn't matter. Two goalkeepers in isn't saving it, and he's laughing at him. And yep. it's it's literally like, you know, he, it's not like he starts off doing it. It just continues on and on and on. But and a, after that, scoring. Gav, after that, he's nowhere. He's diving out with things like I think we put three penalties straight down the middle, right? And he's they know that he's going to dive. If you look, go back and watch it. I think. Um, does Milner's go straight down the middle? No. Jota's go straight, Jota's Jota's go down, straight down the middle. Fabinho goes straight down the middle. Fabi- down the middle. Yeah. And Origi goes straight down the middle. Origi's very central as well, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, they knew that I he was, was going to dive once. I, I think his head I was, goes. I was relieved he came on. Um, look, yeah. he got a bit in the arse because he's done, but the four Mendy was in, he was having one of those games where you're thinking, Nothing, nothing's going to fucking beat him. Yeah. Mm. And he's massive Mendy. And also, he just won the AFCOM. In a penalty shootout, so he's probably in more form than uh, Kepper. Yeah. So I get, I get why you say, "Oh, it's pre-planned." Or, but, but sometimes I think with managers, you've got to have a feel for the game. Of Galaxy going, like, brain. Yeah, Galaxy brain. Look, shit and look at him, and you know, look yeah. at Mendy going. Well, Mendy's having a worldie. So uh-huh. why, why was it? It'd be like now, Liverpool going. Oh, Kellogg's done really well. Yeah, but even if that's we're gonna, pre, even if that's, we're going to bring Andrian on because even if that's pre-arranged, like, even if it's pre-arranged before the game. If he's watching Mendy play that game, Tuchel should be strong enough to go, listen, Kepa, you're not going on. He's fucking out there and he just can't get the ball by him. I'm leaving him in the goal because he's probably in their heads more than you coming on would be. You know, and I don't think Tuchel is strong enough there. And then he comes on and he should, if he'd have come on and been like rigid, you know, staring them down, not showing any emotion, not jumping around on the line, they would have, they would have, Liverpool players possibly would have found it more difficult. But the fact that he's jumping around and he's hyping, he's just there going, just put a ball, ball past him, he's an idiot. Um, but look, it is what it is. And our goalkeeper comes out on top and so do we. And we get the trophy. Um, I'm going to finish this off for a winner. The winner this week are Man City. Um, without a doubt, because of the decision they were given um, on Saturday evening against Everton at Goodison Park. Um, but if you have two referees that are probably betting on games, it's very easy, isn't it? Well, you don't know they're betting on games. I didn't mention any names. I didn't say it was. I'm just saying if you had if you had two referees that were betting on games and had access to control the matches through VAR and stuff like that, it would be the easiest thing to set up. 
And that's completely be. unrelated to the Manchester. It would be, but you know, but you know what the funny thing is about this? Man City have won the game, which is great for them. Mm-hmm. All right. And then afterwards, they know they've really won this weekend because they've li- literally the officials have come out and said, yeah, it's actually probably a penalty. And then you have to watch Dermot Gallagher on TV today. And he should just come out and go, listen, they've made a complete bollocks of this. But he starts showing this image and that image and what well if this image kinda is inconclusive. But if you look at this image, it's not so he probably and he's dancing around it as much as he possibly can. Man City are the big winners of the weekend. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. They weren't good at Everton. Everton played all really well in what they were trying to do. Went one nil down because Michael Keane forgot he had feet. And then for no reason, um Rodri extends his arm, hits the ball, and he controls it with his arm, and then clears the ball. And people will say, oh, the offside, the, the match did not restart on an offside. It restarted at the point that Rodri handled the ball because he was in control of the ball at the time. And because it was not given as a penalty, the game would start from there. Um, so they, for me, are the biggest winners of the weekend because they got away with a massive, um, massive three points um, in the title race. Can I just point out to anyone that's moaning about VAR, can you please stop moaning about the technology? The technology works really well. It's the gobshites who are um, utilising the technology that's the issue and remains the issue. And the most incompetent group... It's the people on process. Yeah, it's 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 the, it's the, the most incompetent <clears throat> group I've ever seen in a, such a high-profile role and job are the officials from the PGMA oil. I've never seen a group make more mistakes outside of health services across the world that, the, the, that honestly continue to get to maintain their jobs, maintain their employment, to maintain what's going on. Most of those guys, if if you are if you are if they were footballers, they wouldn't be getting picked for the team if they kept making the amount of mistakes that they were. If they were a goalkeeper, if that goal if they if they all then played a goal and they made all those mistakes, yeah, they'd be curious. They'd be what was your man's name that played for United at that time? Um Toyibi. Toyibi. That that's what you that's what you'd be thinking of them as. They wouldn't have a career. It's outrageous that these guys continually get the games and did you see your man Kevin or something was on fire then the following day. So, yeah. you know, when this backlash yeah. is going on, these guys should be suspended and they should be sent back to the training and they should be put to the bottom tier of football and, and made work their way back up to until they get to the top tier again because <coughs> it's outrageous. It's it's a it's an old boys club. I said to you, it's, it, there's no and nobody's going to change them. It's 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 um it's it's, it's a bizarre bizarre setup. Yeah, it, it really is. But I think they're the winner. I think they're the winners of the weekend. Um, Davo, do you want to say anything on that before we leg it? No, I just. You mentioned the offside, and I thought, listen, I'm not a fan of Lampard, but I thought he was good in, in his post-match stuff after. He, he said the first question he asked, um, whether he's um, able to talk to Stockley Park VR, he, he, he spoke to the officials anyway, and said, is Richarlison offside in the build-up? Because he said, if he was, he says, I have no argument with the referee. And he said, I was told no, he wasn't offside in the build-up. They were able to tell him that he wasn't. So then he obviously said, listen, like you said it's a disgraceful decision it's, it's a comp- at worst it's incompetence and he says at best he says who knows um, sorry like, one like thing Davo I also want to point out and it hasn't been made Air Gold was disallowed for Van Dyke's tug on the arm of the defender which mm-hmm. prevented him from getting back to defend Mane right? there's another angle from the far side that shows the Chelsea defender doing the exact same tug to Matip and Matip manages to shrug him off like in reality, if you want to be if you want to be straight and, and fair with this, like you could do off like they don't do it, but you could have offsetting 
fouls like they have in, in American football where you offset if you have one foul on the on the offensive side one on the defensive side both are just ruled out and you go back and you take the free kick free kick again do you know what I mean like that's what yeah. that was I think it's because they thought do you think it's because they thought Manny was offside yeah. and because he wasn't you can find something if you you can find it you can find a foul yeah, well, they, they, they don't they don't do an offside they do it for they, they yeah. go back and look and go he's interfering and Van Dijk has said didn't touch the ball but I think if Van Dijk is actually moving towards the goal when that happens, I think he, it's a goal. I think if yeah. he's, because he's stepping back towards his own goal, you know, in a way of I'm not attacking this ball, but I'm stopping somebody. I think that's what gets him done. I think it's just his left hand there, and that's not much. Yeah, I know, but, the, but this is what we're down to now. This is what we're down that's to. Right. That's right. Um, well, I, I, I encourage you go back and look at it when they show the reverse angle. It was, there's the one angle from the far side where the free kick is starting to come across. Where if you were looking behind the ball and it's coming across this yeah. way, you could see the defender. It could be it's either silver or someone putting their hand across Matip and doing the same motion as what Van Dijk does the far side, except yeah. Matip does like a, a block move to get the hand out of the way and gets free. So when he's there for when the header comes back across, yeah. it's it's very strange. It, you know what, with the Everton one, the biggest thing in it all is that he doesn't go to the monitor. Because what you're mm. hearing off Dan McGallagher and stuff today is, well, this one's inconclusive and this one looks inclusive. So if VAR think that, they should be going, one does and this. one doesn't. Listen, just go over to the monitor and look. It's definitely worth a look. And then let him make the decision. But again, because he doesn't go to the monitor, it, it stops the process. It inserts that grey area. And then we don't know where to be going with it. And, and that's, for me, what it's all about. Follow the process to the end until you can make the decision. And they're but not doing it. There is a precedent set now, though. If you tell the ref to go and look at the monitor, probably twice I've seen a ref go to a monitor and not change his mind. To be fair, one was against us uh, away at Fulham. But it's almost like the precedent now is if they send it to the monitor, you know the decision's getting reversed. So as soon as they said mm-hmm. the ref's going to the monitor, you knew Matip's goal was done. Yeah. You didn't have to look at any of the replays. You, were like, yeah. oh, you know it's done. It's like yeah. part of the pantomime now. But look, that's we're going to be talking with VAR for a long time. And, and like Phil says, the technology is there, but the, the people and the process is the issue. And if they don't change, it doesn't matter business. what you do. It, do, it just doesn't matter what you do. Uh, Davo, anything else before we go? No, no. Good. Enjoyed that. Fourth time on, so I'm sure it'll be back again. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, anything else before we go? Uh, only to say good luck to Liverpool's goalkeeper, Riley Foster, who's having the halo removed uh, tomorrow. This lady broke her neck in, oh, yeah, in the, the seven places. Mm. So she gets the halo removed tomorrow. I think she's going into a hard colour from there. So slow progress, but you know she's making a recovery from a horrific injury so it's good to see yeah and hopefully she does make somewhat of a full recovery and a quick one uh, as quick as can be I suppose in that situation Mm. Phil anything else before we go hurry the fuck up off the fetus baby okay okay we'll hurry (laughs) up Um, that has been uh, winners and losers for this week I should be back tomorrow at 2pm with the cop update we will be back with midweek fix tomorrow to preview the Norwich game and for the rest of the week on them we let you know as it goes don't forget our sponsors Failicon um, link in the description for the website and also for the donate page um, Betmate still available to people in the, in the description and we will be having another go with that for the Norwich game and IP Vanish if you're in for a VPN and you're looking for a really good discount check out um, www.ipvanish dot com forward slash day trippers and you will get it for about three dollars twenty um a month. So there you go. That has man on Eurovision. Man on Eurovision. The oh, watch man along. on Eurovision watch along me and, could be coming me and Neil are gonna do the, do a watch along for the Eurovision. Okay. Man on Eurovision. Let's see how it goes. Talk to the bit over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.